Father, we're thankful for tonight, for this evening that you've given to us to come and to, Lord, fellowship with one another and to mention prayer requests to one another and to be able to pray together. Father, we thank you tonight for the, the news that we've heard about Mike and had a good report, and Lord, we, we praise you for that. And Father, we come and we lift up tonight. We lift up Peggy's mom. Lord, we pray that you would help her to uh, recover quickly and recover well from, from her surgery. Father, we pray for the Sowers and, and their anatomy scan tomorrow. Lord, we pray that you would be with the the technician, she reads the, the scan, and, um, and, and Father, everything that happens there, that your hand would be on it, Lord, as they go through that. Father, I pray that uh, you would be with Mr. Payne tonight as he's uh, having issues with his, his liver and his kidney, Father, and he's in, in pain. We pray that you would bring him comfort. We pray that you would give the doctors and those that are, are looking into to what is wrong, give them wisdom and discernment, Lord, that they might be able to, um, to diagnose correctly and to, and to be able to treat him. Father, we pray that you would heal him. Lord, we um, pray for Tim and the x-ray that he'll have tomorrow. Again, Lord, uh, just reveal anything that needs to be revealed in that scan, Lord. Help those that are reading it doctors and, and those that are caring for Tim, Lord, give them um, Lord, wisdom as, as they sort through that, Father. And Lord, we do pray for Tiffany tonight as she's dealing with her liver and, and health issues. Father, she's waiting for one. We pray that you would provide that, that liver, um, Lord, that would be be donated and, and that Father you would um, the transplant would go well and Father that you would just heal in that situation Father we pray that you would be with her and with her family and Father we pray that you would be with us tonight as we look at your word as we continue to talk about this idea this doctrine of the assurance of the believer so Father Open our minds, and Father, change our hearts as we study together. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So in the last several weeks, as we've been looking at this doctrine of assurance, we've done so by following, by using the uh, Westminster Confession of Faith, and we've looked at chapter 18 of this confession that, that has to do with assurance. How can we know that we are children of God? How can we know that we are in Christ and He is in us? How can we know that we've been saved? And so we've looked at chapter 18. We've been working our way kind of through these four paragraphs that are in that chapter on these different topics. Um, we've recently looked at the, the grounds or the basis for 
our assurance? What do we base our assurance on? And we've, as we've looked at that, we've seen the, the primary and the objective ground of uh, the promises of God in Christ. The promises in His Word that He has made to those who believe. And uh, we know that those are outside of us, so they're objective, and they are the ones that we want to, to go to and flee to and cling to first. So they, they are the primary objective grounds. Last week we looked at this, uh, the, one of the secondary and the subjective um, grounds of inward evidences. So we talked about how we go to places in Scripture like 1 John, places like the Beatitudes, um, in to be able to, to see, to look and see. It, what am I reading here? What does it say is true for a believer? And is that true of me? And so we evaluate ourselves by that to see if we find those things in us for confidence, for assurance that we are believers. And so tonight we're going to look at this, the second of the secondary and subjective grounds in the testimony of the Holy Spirit. And um, this particular topic um, is one that is difficult. And again, it's, it's difficult because it's subjective, right? It, it happens within us. Um, anytime you begin to talk about the, the charismatic aspects of Christianity um, or, or the personal and experiential aspects of Christianity, there's, there's a lot of caution. Right, that needs to be given to these things. It's very easy um, to kind of go off into to unbiblical views and, un- and, and unbiblical understandings of, of the Holy Spirit and, and who He is and what He does. Um, it's something that can be easily abused uh, by false teachers and, and things like that. So we've, we've got to really approach this topic with care. Um, this particular ground of assurance actually comes from one verse there in the New Testament, Romans 8, verse 16, and it states this, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So the Holy Spirit in us tells us or confirms to us that we are saved, that we are united to Christ, that, that we are children of God. Uh, The the Westminster Confession goes on to say that that the same Spirit is the earnest or the the pledge or the promise of our inheritance and in whom we're sealed until the day of redemption, drawing there on the language of Ephesians 1 and and verses 12 and 13. Um, And so it's this, this idea of this kind of direct input from the Holy Spirit within us that um, affirms to us that we are indeed believers. Um, In his writing on this subject, uh, J.I. Packer wrote this. This is a direct and immediate sense of God's fatherly love given as a kind of an immediate communication. Like God saying, I love you. 
directly, immediately to the soul through his word. Or like a father saying to his child, I love you, as a good parent sometimes does. So with God and his children, the spirit who comes in as a spirit of adoption mediates to us these high moments. This thrilling realization that God is, as it were, saying to my soul, I am thy salvation. I am your father. I love you. So the key here is it's direct, it's immediate. Through the word. Um, a Puritan Richard Sibbs wrote this. The spirit does not always witness unto us our condition by force of argument from our sanctification. But sometimes it pleases him to immediately, by way of his presence, as the sight of a friend comforts with discourse, without discourse, so by his very presence, he can enlarge our soul and give us comforting joy by direct application of the word of God. So, an example would be something like this. So, say you are reading the Bible, maybe in, in devotions, or perhaps you're listening to a sermon, or you're... You're driving down the road listening to a podcast, whatever it may be. And you read or you hear something like Jeremiah 31, 3. It says, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. And in reading or in hearing that verse, the, the Spirit comes in in a very unique way and in a very powerful way and confirms to you that this verse, this particular promise, is applied to you personally in a very real way. And you can think of what joy and peace and assurance that can bring to a struggling believer. And when we experience these moments, it always, always leads to humility. And it leads to total submission to the Lord. And it leads to, as John the Baptist said in the Gospel of John, we, we see ourselves decrease and Christ increase in our lives and our, our thoughts and our attitudes and our actions. It brings all the glory back to God when this occurs in our lives. Um, and Dr. Beakey, as he was going through this, he did point out that these these moments do tend to be rare in our lives when, when we're overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit like this. So uh, he's saying, you know, you, you shouldn't despair if you've never experienced this kind of thing. Um, and it also tends to come in times of great spiritual turmoil and, and, um, and distress in the heart of a believer when they're really going through a, a difficult time. And we can see evidence for this that, that points to this, um, to support this in verse 15 of Romans 8, where it says that we cry out, Abba, Father. And the word cry there came with it, this sense of being distressed and of pleading and, and of crying out in desperation to the Lord. And then following on that in verse 16, we see that it's in those times that the Spirit confirms to us that we are indeed children of God. Um, 
Another thing that we need to be very careful to remember when we talk about these grounds of assurance is that um, all three that we've mentioned are important. They all work together. They, they all kind of balance one another out you know, and, and keep each other in check. Um, and so this is, is how we see that. Uh, for example, um, without the working of the Holy Spirit, the promises of God will lead to self-deceit, carnal presumption, and fruitless lives. So if we just go first and foremost, or we only look at the promises, and we believe those promises, we claim those promises for ourselves, and we believe that they apply to us, but we just stop there. right? It's all good, because he's promised it. There it is. We don't go any further than that, so there's no fruit in our lives. It doesn't work that way. We also see, without the work of the Holy Spirit, that self-examination tends to introspection, bondage, and legalism. And we can imagine how that happens. That could very quickly happen. If the Spirit's not helping us as we look at our minds and we look at our hearts, the Spirit isn't there reminding us of the truth of the gospel, then we'll go too far in, in this over-introspection, and it will lead to bondage of our souls. But also, as, we've, as we mentioned tonight, if we, lie, if we rely only on the direct witness of the Holy Spirit without the promises of Scripture and without self-examination of our own heart, then it leads us to unbiblical mysticism and excessive emotionalism because we don't have the, the objective truth of the promises of Scripture there in front of us guiding us. And so all three of them work together. They're all three important. And it's interesting to note that, that not only the Westminster Confession puts these together, but also uh, there was a document that was put together about 30 years um, earlier called the, the Canons of Dort and they said this this assurance however is not produced by any peculiar revelation contrary to or independent of the word of God but springs from faith in God's promises which he has most abundantly revealed in his word for our comfort from the testimony of the Holy Spirit number two witnessing with our spirit that we are children of God, Romans 8, 16. And lastly, from a serious and holy desire to preserve a good conscience, another way of saying self-examination, and to perform good works. So it's these three grounds that, that work together and bring about this assurance of salvation in the heart of a believer. Now, tonight as we, you know, as we continue to talk about this unique experience of this this inner testimony of the Holy Spirit, what it does inside of us, um, we again want to approach this with caution. We want to mention this again. Um, and James Boyce, uh, this is kind of a, a longer quote, so kind of hang in there with me, but I think it's very important. Um, he wrote this about this verse. He said, I'm convinced that Romans 8.16 teaches that there is such a thing as a direct witness of the Holy Spirit to believers that they are sons or daughters of God. 
even apart from the other proofs I've mentioned. That would be things like the evidences that we, that we look at within ourselves, like Galatians 5 and uh, Beatitudes, things like that. In other words, it is possible to have a genuine experience of the Holy Spirit in one's heart. Experience a spirit. And he says, I know the objections. I'm well aware there are objections that are going to come. I know this is dangerous, is what he's saying, right? I know that no spiritual experience is ever necessarily valid in itself. Any such experience can be counterfeited. And the devil's counterfeits can be very good indeed. But the fact that a spiritual experience can be counterfeited does not invalidate all of them. I also know that those who seek experiences of the Holy Spirit frequently run to excess and fall into unbiblical ideas and practices. Every such experience must be tested by Scripture. But in spite of all these objections, which are important, I still say that there can be a direct experience of the Spirit that is a valid testimony to the fact that one is truly God's child. He he mentioned a lot of good stuff in there uh, of where to be cautious and and how even though that there are those issues that come up, it doesn't doesn't do away with the fact that it it can indeed happen. Um, Dr. Beakey also, he quotes uh, Ian Murray, who he says, he, he thinks that this is, really the, the right balance of these three grounds of assurance. And here's what Ian Murray said. He said, I do believe that the direct testimony of the Holy Spirit can occur in the lives of certain people, but it must never trump the promises or the evidences. Right? So it's there, it can happen, but it doesn't just overshadow and override the other two things that we've talked about. And so we come back kind of this illustration that, that Dr. Beakey used last time of the, uh, the main dish and, and the side dish. And, um, and this, es- this inner testimony of the Holy Spirit is kind of like the dessert at the end. And so uh, let's look at some, some conclusions that we come to this evening. Um, first of all, we shouldn't make too much of these experiences. Right? They, they can be, this can be a wonderful sense of relief and of confidence to a, a Christian soul that's very weary and, and very distressed. But also, as we said, don't despair or don't wonder what's wrong with you or, or think that you're not really a Christian if you've never experienced this. It's, it's not a primary means of assurance. The promises found in the Word of God are primary. Second, such experiences must be tested by the Word of God to avoid false mysticism. Again, we can, we can imagine how this can happen. Just this unbridled, untamed, just, just claiming a, a personal, subjective experience. Right? It can lead to all sorts of, of strange beliefs. And strange conclusions. Um, we must be grounded by the objective truth of God's word. And third, such experiences must be tested by the fruit of our lives to avoid antinomianism. So, anti means opposed to or against. Namas is law. So, 
um, antinomianism, this, this idea that, that since we're saved by grace, there, there's no longer a need to obey the law of God. Right? It's the opposite of legalism. And, and therefore, so what, what Dr. Beeky is saying is that in order to avoid falling into this, we must examine our lives to see that we are obeying the word of God because there must be fruit instead of solely lying on the inner testimony of the Holy Spirit within us. And so we've taken the last few weeks, we've looked at those three grounds of assurance that we have, promises from the Word of God. We've looked at uh, those evidences in us, the fruit in our, in our lives that we bear. Are we bearing that fruit? And then tonight, this, this very particular and very unique um, experience of the Holy Spirit that, that does indeed give us, from the Word, assurance um, to our, our minds and hearts. And so, uh, next lesson, we're going to move from the grounds or, or basis of assurance that we've been talking about. Um, and we begin to talk about cultivating this assurance of faith. So how do we get it? How do we obtain it? And um, that's what we'll look at next time. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that we can have assurance. We can know. We can rest assured that we are in you. And have confidence that we are children of God. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for promises that are made. Father, we pray that we would be continually looking at those promises. We pray that we would be continually examining ourselves to see if we are indeed bearing fruit. Father, we pray that we would be attentive to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Lord, I pray that you will be with us as we go now and that, Father, you will will just help us, lead us to obey through the rest of the week. And we pray this in